is Digital Marketer. Hello and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast, where our gears are always turning. I'm your host, Jenna Snavely. Here's a little sneak peek into my brain for you. (laughs) So not too long ago, I thought it'd be super fun to try to launch a little e-commerce side business. It was nothing too serious. I'd picked out a cute name and designed a logo on Canva. I I eventually had a friend redo it because it was not good. (laughs) Um, I got a little simple website started for it. And then it came time to register the domain and then the Instagram handle. And I wanted to start a YouTube too. And of course, if I wanted this to be like a real business at all in Texas, where I'm based, I had to file an assumed name, which means that somehow my name had to be the same for everything. And the domain had to make sense. It suddenly naming a business (laughs) went from this simple little thing I did inside my own head to something I was texting all my friends about, asking them to vote on which variations were better and if a dot shop was better than a dot co. And turns out, (laughs) surprise, it ain't that simple. Branding requires thought. And that's why, and I'm sure you know, like this is something everyone has had to deal with. This is why I was so excited to talk to Stephanie Navinskis today. She's a digital marketer certified partner, the CEO of Sizzle Force Marketing. And Stephanie today shares with me the five key attributes to consider when naming a brand. And then I get a little taste into her full three-day process that her team uses to help their clients find their unique differentiator and eventually find their memorable brand. You won't want to miss a single word from this interview. So we'll get right into it after a quick message from our sponsor. Hey, DM listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works. You'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com. Stephanie, hello. Welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. Hi, Jenna. So happy to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you. I've already, like, you know, I've seen you on Partner Training Day, learned so much from you just in like talking with you and knowing you, seeing you post in the partner community. You're like such a vibrant force of knowledge. And yeah, I'm really excited about digging into all the juicy stuff we've got today. Oh, thank you. Me too. I have been looking so forward to this. Well, before we get into like the juicy, juicy stuff, will you just give like an overview to our listener? Like what is Sizzle Force? What do you do? And kind of where did this all begin for you? Okay. 
Well, let's start with where it all began, <laughs> shall we? So, <laughs> when I was 11, oh. <laughs> and I'll make this short and sweet, I yeah. promise. <laughs> when I was 11, I started writing in a diary every single day. And I wrote in my diary every day up until the time that I got pregnant with my first child, which was when I was 30. And so it all started, honestly, I am a copywriter by trade, right? And a marketing strategist. But my love for writing started when I was like, not even like I was a tween, right? And it started by just, you know, I was a tween working through all the tween things that happen in life and really developed a skill almost accidentally to tell stories in in written form, right? Because I would write about my day. Every day had a grade, right? It was a B minus day or (laughs) whatever it was. (laughs) And so I, I developed this skill to record stories about things that had happened and never knowing I had any intention to do anything like this as a grown up. But when it came time to go to school, ended up deciding, oh, I need to major in journalism because I really like writing. And then graduated from school and went on to work in newspapers because that was pre.com. .com wasn't even a word, which makes me sound like <laughs> a dinosaur, but it's true. And eventually, .com became a thing, moved into media, a, a digital media, I should say. And then in 2009, I launched my company, today, which is called Sizzle Force Marketing. And we have two divisions of our company. One of them is where we are a fractional CML for small businesses. The other side is Sizzle Force Marketing Academy. And that's where we teach people how to do their own marketing internally. We have two divisions of our company. We have Sizzle Force Marketing, which is where we provide CMO services and ongoing services for companies that need continual support throughout the year, or I should say years. And we also have Sizzle Force Marketing Academy, which is where we train either emerging marketers or people who have companies that want to have an internal team and they need their assistants or whoever it is internally trained in how to do things the right way the first time so they can avoid losing a whole bunch of money. <laughs> I love that. You do just like both sides of everything, you know, like the do it, we'll do it for you. We'll take care of it, but also like we can help you out. Like we can teach you how to make this happen. I'd love to know because I think everyone's thinking hopefully what I'm thinking right now, which is that Sizzle Force is like the best name (laughs) ever. What is the secret? And I know, I know this is like a thing you do. Like, how do you name a brand? What is, what is the secret to finding, you know, what works for your brand? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, thank you. Naming a company or a product or anything is so stinking fun to me. Right. Because it's the opportunity that you have to showcase a lot of personality and a whole bunch of other things. So I like to say that there's really five attributes to an awesome brand name. But the first thing is showcasing a brand promise 
can be a really smart move, right? So I can give you an example, a couple of examples, like QuickBooks, that's something most people have heard of. You know, is it the catchiest name in the world? Not necessarily. However, QuickBooks, I know immediately what they're going to help me do, right? And so I, I'm just like, wow, okay, there's no confusion there. Now on the flip side, one of my favorite brand name fail stories, if you want to say, <laughs> is something that surprisingly you will find used all over the place across America by multiple small hair salons, okay? And it's so funny. I, I dare you, Google this. The name is Curl Up and Dye Hair Salon. Uh, I, I'm not kidding. I've seen that so many times. <laughs> yes, Curl Up and Dye. Okay, now, of course, they're doing the play on words. Dye is D-Y-E. But do I really want to go to a hair salon where the message is curl up and tie? <laughs> no, I could do enough of that at home, right? So, so um, showcasing your brand promise. That's that first attribute that I think is super important. The second one is really showcasing your brand's personality. So I think a lot of people, they go after something safe when they're naming their company, they'll name it after their own last name, right? Like lawyers always do that, right? Johnson Smith and Convoy, right? Or whatever <laughs> it is, or they'll just do something really, really safe. And honestly, I think safe is boring, boring. If you want to stand out in a crowded marketplace, you got to have some personality. So I think uh, Google, Yahoo, Zappos, Sizzle Force. I think those are all examples of companies who let some personality shine. You know, I mean, Zappos sells shoes. That's not super exciting, but just saying the word Zappos is fun, right? And then you yeah. think about how it can translate in different things in different languages. But I think that when you have a name that's full of personality, it is it it gives people an opportunity right when they hear your name to get to know a little bit about the experience of working with you. If you, if you hear the name Zappos, you're like, huh, working with this people might be enjoyable. It's just kind of fun to say. And it's so often that when I'll meet people and they'll say sizzle force and they pause and they go, that's fun. And which is great because that's one of our core values is fun. Right? So then the third one is making sure that your name is short and sweet and easy to pronounce mm. with emphasis on easy to pronounce, right? <laughs> so, you know, good examples, Apple, Gap, Burger King, right? Just easy. Bad example. Have you seen that yogurt brand? It's spelled F-A-G-E. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, most Americans are going to be like, depending on where you are, okay, I know, Jenna, you're in Texas. So in the stereotypical Texas way, you're in Austin, so that doesn't really count. But <laughs> stereotypical Texas way, I'm going to go get me some phage. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> or I'm going to, what is it? Foggy? I'm gonna, I need some <laughs> foggy, right? Um, <laughs> the actual pronunciation is fa-yay. 
Mm. But who would know that unless you're Greek? Yeah. Right? Who would know that? So bad example. You don't want people butchering the name of your company all the time. And then the fourth one is that you want your name to be evergreen. Mm. So I think like nothing screams 90s more than things that start with E. All right. So wow. E harmony. Uh, e flights. That was the name of it. A camcorder. Okay. E tech. That's the name of a printer. Right. It just sounds like Wow. So you guys started in 1992, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, how'd you know that? Because <laughs> E. <laughs> so, you know, same thing goes a lot for things that start with X, right? X games. You know, I mean, of course, there's the Xbox. I get it. All the all the gamers are like, don't rip on my Xbox, right? <laughs> but it's it's really important to pick a name that's going to stand the test of time and not sound super trendy because then you're going to have to rename or you're just going to look like you're not on trend. Okay. Mm. And then that fifth one is that it needs to be absolutely indestructible when translated into other languages. So my favorite story here is an Iranian company that manufactures laundry detergent. Okay. And the name in Farsi is snow, right? Which sounds like a lovely name for a powdered white laundry detergent. However, when this product went to market, it was very trendy in that part of the world to actually use the Roman alphabet and put words and name brands in English words, right? So their packaging even though, you know, everyone there speaks Farsi, maybe they speak English too, but it was trendy to have it in, in English. Well, when you translate the word snow from Farsi into English, the literal translation spells B-A-R-F. Barf. <laughs> oh, so, no. I mean, so there was a whole bunch. And I, I swear, you guys, you can Google it. It's true. Okay. There was a whole shelf lined with laundry detergent. Picture a bunch of Tide boxes that say barf, 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 barf. <laughs> Be careful, my friends. Be careful when you're naming your company. That is so funny. Well, and those are such great examples. It actually makes me think of there's... There was a little knitting place close to where I used to live. It was called the Wooly U. And it's just like, it's just the cutest name ever. I was thinking about the whole time that you were talking, because I feel like it really does show personality. You know, U is not a word you see often, but you can pronounce it. But yeah, yeah. I just... I love all those examples. One thing I'm wondering, you know, you're, you're talking a lot about like, you know, this, this idea of kind of your, your brands and, you know, it seems like, you know, so much about how a fledgling company can come into its own. So, you know, what for you are like the, the secrets to, to branding, not just your outside image, but your internal brand as well. Yeah. Well, internally, I, I think people often make the mistake of skipping some really vital core branding exercises when they start, mm -hmm. right? Especially if they're small, they're just trying to hang their shingle and 
let the people come, right? <laughs> and they think that, you know, the strategic exercises are left for the huge brands. Oh, well, that's what Apple does. Oh, that's what, you know, Hewlett Packard does. Oh, that's what digital marketer does, right? But what they're missing is that when you do those initial strategic branding exercises, you really get to define what you're creating here, right? Are mm. you creating a company that's fun? Well, then that needs to be reflected in everything. It needs to be in your name. It needs to be in your customer experience. It needs to be in, you know, your, the way that your website looks, the words you use, all of those things, right? So I think people often skip things like, well, what are our core values and how are those going to show up? right? What is our mission statement? What is our vision statement? And more than just like, okay, I checked the box so I could get a loan at the bank and put this in a business plan, right? But really internalizing it and being like, what am I really building here and why? And if I have this mission, vision, statement, and if I have these core values, who am I going to attract as my company begins to scale and grow, right? What kind of employees do I want working here? Is that making sense? Yeah. I like, I like that it's beyond kind of that idea of like, who am I serving? But it's also adding that, like, how am I serving and like, why? Because I think that when, when people are starting out, it can be really quick to say like, this is what we will do. And this is the service or product that will do it. But to understand all those different, all those, how all of that intersects with this like personality. And yeah, is, is there, is there any like thoughts or exercises you have specifically on like how to make sure that you're differentiated. Yeah. Yeah. So when we work with our clients in a CMO capacity, we always do a competitive analysis for them. And I'll tell you, this is a beefy exercise that takes a few days to complete. And I'm talking like full on eight, 10 hour days. Wow. Right? There's a lot that goes into it, but let me give you the abbreviated version of this. Right. What typically what it is, is we will identify the name of the company that we're working with and then three to five of their competitors. OK. And, you know, there's different processes to identify your competitors if you don't know who they are. But let's say they know who their competitors are. Then we have this monster spreadsheet with all of these different categories of things that can make companies different. You know, and it can be everything from the areas that you service to your price points, to the level of quality of your products, to how often you refresh your product line, to, you know, what your experience is, what special credentials you have, how big is your team. It goes on and on and on and on, right? But I actually give a link to this in my book. So if somebody wants to grab an already done monster spreadsheet and just do the exercise, you guys can do it for free. 
Yeah. Drop that book. We'll have the link in the show notes, but um, what is the book called? It's called Absolutely Unforgettable, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Creating a Heart-Centered Brand and Standing Out in a Noisy World. That is so good. That is so good. Y'all, I can attest to this. I've seen whispers of this spreadsheet (laughs) and it's amazing. Yes. Thank you for that, by the way. Well, yeah. And you know, what happens is when you actually really analytically look at all of this, you know, it could be, you know, let's say your business is a pizza parlor. Okay. In a local strip mall. Well, maybe the other pizza parlor has no parking and it's everyone's complaint on Yelp. Right. You could Mm. be like, wow, when I start my pizza parlor, I'm going to get in a location with great parking. That's an awesome differentiator. Okay. But sometimes it's not necessarily like, well, we have this secret recipe. Well, that's a great differentiator. Not everybody has a secret sauce, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Right. So you just have to think about, well, where's the need that's not being met? And those can often be outstanding differentiators. That's a really, really cool example that I would have literally never thought of. This is a little bit of a tangent, but kind of going back to like that, that personality and like that, you know, when you're differentiating yourself, if, if what you want is to be like a fun brand, but maybe you're the founder and you're not fun. (laughs) How (laughs) can you, like, how can you be that and do that with that? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a a great question. And actually I had a client ask me that just last week. Oh, (laughs) She was like, I want to be a really fun brand. And she goes, but I'm not really fun. (laughs) (laughs) so there are definitely things that you can do first of all if you know if fun isn't something that lends well to your personality and you just know that right you know there's other people that are the light up the room personalities Mm -hmm. right and the world would be super boring if we were all the same right you have other gifts and talents so if you're not the light up the room personality who can you hire that is right And that person can become the face of your brand, right? And here's an example. Think about like all the insurance companies started with Geico, right? Is insurance fun? No, it's like the most boring thing ever, Mm -hmm. right? But it's a necessity. And for years and years and years, it was all of the message of protect yourself, you know, protect yourself from losing everything, right? And then Geico comes on the scene and all of a sudden there's a gecko and there's people doing these crazy, you know, Paul Revere reenactments and, you know, singing in cars and ridiculous stuff, right? So they hired actors. It doesn't even have to be employees, but actors to do their messaging. Same thing with Allstate and Mayhem, right? Mm, The whole Mayhem thing. It's like, it's funny, they're making something very serious, funny, fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or progressive with flow, right? Their characters fun. The characters relatable. And she, you either like her or you can't stand her. <laughs> right. Which is a great thing. But you know, when you get into polarizing people, that's where you build up the cult following of like, 
people are like in it for life, <laughs> kind of like Coke and Pepsi or Apple. And what's the other one? PC. See, I can't even think of what they're called anymore because I'm so brainwashed by Apple. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like Apple and everyone else. It's like, it's that big of a thing that Apple is its own category and literally everything else is defined as not Apple. That's right. That's crazy. I never thought of it that way. Right. Well, Steve Jobs knew a thing or two. Mm -hmm. So when I, I think these are great examples of like showing like showing without telling and, you know, all the differentiators that you're kind of talking about, like even, you know, the parking lot kind of thing. What is, what is a way to articulate those when, you know, when you're doing copy, when you're doing messaging, what can those look like? Okay. Well, your message obviously is going to vary greatly depending on what the differentiator is. Right. However, let's take the parking example, and I'm doing this off the cuff. So we'll see how it goes off the (laughs) cuff. (laughs) So uh, a good way to articulate a differentiator with a parking hassle in your messaging might be something like, um, tired of circling Main Street 15 times to get your pizza? We are too. That's why we're opening up ABC pizza shop where parking will never be a problem for you. And then you go from there. Boom. How do you do that? How do I do that? I don't know. It's just <laughs> what I do. It's what I do. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I credit my 11 year old. Yeah. A lot of practice. I'd actually, I would love to know just going back to random tangent. What's like the most memorable entry for you? Like a fun one, a fun, weird, like what a weird little kid moment. Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) So I was very upset with my parents for creating a lot of rules that I thought were so unfair. So of course on the back side, like on on the hard cover of my journal, one of them on the inside cover of it, I made a list of rules that I would never, ever impose on my teenagers. Never. Right. So I have those now. Yeah. I have have (laughs) my old diaries and I have three teenagers. So it's very entertaining to read how (laughs) things change from your perspective over the years of growing up. And now I'm like, oh, maybe they had a point. (laughs) Yeah. That is so funny. What was one of the rules? Oh, I think one of the rules was about wearing lipstick. Obviously, you know, I don't know if anyone's going to see this video, but I'm wearing red lipstick today. I love lipstick. (laughs) I love lipstick that's bold and bright. And, you know, of course, if you're like 11, you shouldn't be (laughs) wearing bright red lipstick. But I don't know if I knew that. (laughs) I don't know if I agreed with that at the time. That is so funny. Thank you for sharing that, (laughs) by the way. So as far as, you know, you know, you're doing this competitive research, you're kind of getting down to like seeing where, where those opportunities are. 
And maybe you see one, this is a hypothetical, maybe you see one and it's like, we could do this and we could be this, but if we do it, there's like a bit of a risk there. Is this something that you recommend people do? Like, what does it look like to take a risk with your messaging, with your, with your differentiators, with your brand and personality? What does it look like to do it smart? And what does it look like to do it kind of dumb? Okay. Okay. (laughs) So one thing I can assure you of is that the world's most unforgettable brands all take risks right? And this is something that's super important, right? They speak out when other brands are silent. They disrupt the marketplace. And it's not just a, you know, a cliche kind of thing. We're going to be disruptors. They're legit disruptors, right? They do things Mm -hmm. different. They're bold, they're passionate, they're authentic, and they don't shy away from being who they are, regardless of if the marketplace likes it or not. Mm -hmm. Okay. So things like how, how to do this in a smart way versus a dumb way. Okay. A smart way to take risks, I believe is to really stand up unapologetically for what you believe. Mm. Okay. Not everybody's going to believe it. In fact, some people are going to hate you for believing it, but that's okay. That is okay because you will have a tribe of absolute loyal brand advocates who love it and they will become fierce protectors of your brand, right? As opposed to a dumb way of doing it is not being thoughtful, being impulsive, Mm -hmm. kind of stream of consciousness talking, right? And just letting things, blurting things out unfiltered without thinking about, well, what are the repercussions of if we say this in a media interview, or if we say this, even in a team meeting at the table, if I send this text, if I write this email, right? We need to be really thoughtful with our words and our choices and how we show up. Because it's when we're impulsive and we're not thoughtful that we do stupid things that end up making us look really bad. Then we have Mm -hmm. to backpedal and apologize and, you know, try and rebuild everything that is broken, right? You don't want somebody who's unfiltered at the mic very often, right? (laughs) Unless, okay, and I'm going to say there's a big unless here. I want you guys to think about, you know, we we keep talking about Apple just because they're such a memorable brand, right? But Steve Jobs. There were so many people that could not stand that man. Mm. Absolutely. They were repelled by him. Right. Think about, you know, political figures, Donald Trump, you know, there's either people who love him or there's people who hate him. Mm. Right. And there's really no in between. Yeah. Whether you like him or not, that's not the point of this conversation. The point of the conversation is the world's most unforgettable brands always take risks and they're unapologetic in what they stand for. Right. If you think about, you know, there's a lot of restaurants that don't take a stand for what they believe in. 
right? Or product companies. You know, you could think about like Ben and Jerry's, okay? They're loud and proud for what they stand for, Mm. right? And you're either on team Ben and Jerry's or you're not, right? But you're Mm. usually not in between. (laughs) You're one or the other, right? And and, and that is how, you know, cult-like followings are built. That's, That's when people tattoo your logo on their forearm. Wow. Yeah. Stephanie, we are getting to the end of the hour and I do have a few like lightning round questions for you, but before we get to those, I'd love for you to be able to tell people like where they can reach out to you. Some information. I know you're doing a challenge coming up. I'd love to know more about that. Any links that you want to make sure are in the show notes, like, yeah, give it all to us. Awesome. Okay, so if any of you guys want to get a fire lit under your you-know-what and make some movement real quick before the end of the year, I would encourage you to join our challenge, okay? We have a small business marketing challenge, and we are doing it next, October 25th through the 29th. It's an hour a day that you're going to need to set aside and we are going to rev your engine, so to speak, right? We're going to give you some very targeted information that you need to know and then a homework assignment that you need to complete. So at the end of the five days, you will see a massive amount of forward movement in your business. And it is absolutely free because free is fun. And <laughs> We, we just want to help more small businesses. There's so many great companies out there doing great things and nobody knows who they are, right? And it's such a shame to see these small business owners never reach their potential. So we want to help you reach your potential. And you can learn more about the challenge at sizzleforceacademy.com forward slash challenge. If you're listening to this after October of 2021, there will be additional dates sometime in the future at the same URL. I don't know what they are right now, but I'm sure (laughs) we'll do it. (laughs) Visit that URL and you'll find it. Lovely. That will be in the show notes, y'all. So you don't have to type everything in. You can just click on it. And we're going to get into lightning round before we do a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what's stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list 
of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. All right, we are back. We're going into the lightning round with Stephanie of Sizzle Force Marketing. Stephanie, this was such a great interview. I I love that you just like took us kind of deeper and deeper through this idea of branding. And there's so many good things here. We do a lightning round at the end of every episode and they're really quick questions. So just, you know, off the cuff answer as quick as you can. Are you ready? I'm not sure, but let's go anyways. (laughs) Nothing embarrassing. I promise. Okay. Question number one. What social media platform do you believe most small businesses need to be on right now? Instagram. Question two, what is one marketing book or business book that any business owner or marketer should read? Absolutely unforgettable. My book. (laughs) Yeah, y'all. And that's also in the show notes. Okay. Question three, what is the best piece of marketing advice you've ever received? Be unapologetically authentic. Oh, super relevant. Okay. And final question. Where do you get inspiration for your ideas for your business for marketing? I get so many ideas and so much inspiration from everyone at Digital Marketer, of course. Traffic and conversion is my must attend event every single year, regardless of what's happening. I will be there and it's yeah, non-negotiable. Other inspiration for me, I get a lot from my mentor, who's Allison Maslin. I've been working with her for eight years and learned a tremendous amount from her. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Allison's so smart. Well, Stephanie, you are so smart. And this was such an awesome conversation. I'm so thankful that you stopped by. Thank you. This has been super fun. Yay. And y'all, it means so much to have a little bit of your day each week. And we'll see you same time, same place next week. Goodbye. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.